All right, welcome to this week's podcast. And I am joined by a man by the name of David, who has previously done some work with me. So we have met before and we've we've discussed many different topics before. And he's stepping in today to go through some questions, I presume, and, and yeah, just to chop it up. So Dave, if you'd like to introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about yourself. Great. Thanks, Chris. And I just got to say, I'm really excited to be here with you. I think your work is so important and so valuable and I've experienced it firsthand. So I can, I can say that for certain, but even before I worked with you, you know, my work as a coach, I'm a, I'm a coach and uh, I also do some energy work with people, helping them move energy in their body through their meridians. And, you know, when I came across your work, I, it just immediately was really resonating with me. Everything you, how you talk about the body, how you talk about moves to the world, dealing with your, you know, the traumas that come up, you know, this uh, being a man, but also this concept of surrendering to what's really going on right now and what's really happening inside of you. These, these are the concepts I would love to to talk to you about today, and and some some of the logistics too around that process. I know you always get asked about, you know, okay, practically, how do I do this? And I, I'm interested in those kind of things uh, more of that as well. So yeah, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm someone who is exploring this work for myself. I'm a student of life and trying to help people connect with, as you put it, you know, the, their magnificence, you know, the godliness inside of us and, uh, and feeling that and living from that place in our lives. And I know that uh, it's, exploring that path has just completely changed everything about uh, the way I move through life. And I, I still feel like I'm, you know, I have barely scratched the surface of what's possible. So, and you have inspired me to a new level to think about new levels of what's possible, especially related to my own sexual energy and how that works. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. And it's, uh, it's beautiful to hear of your process and the direction that you're, that you're moving in because we need more men who are, you know, aligning to that place. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I thought we would start by going on a topic that you're very well, getting very well known for and that a lot of people ask you about, and that's the semen retention. And I know it's a, it's a tool as part of the package of getting more deeply connected with yourself. And I want to talk about that, that process, you know, pretty much that whole, most of my questions are all around that process. I've been tr deep into that process for myself for about four years. And um, before I met you, I felt inside of myself that I wanted to ejaculate less. And in the beginning of last year, I went on a kind of a six-month um, six period where I was pleasuring myself and trying to feel myself more deeply, but not ejaculating. And I didn't have a sexual partner at that time. But what happened to me was that uh, I started to have wet dreams. And I was thinking like, oh, what, what's going on here? I, 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 maybe my body can't hold this energy or maybe I'm not doing this right. And so I, I assume that that is, I've heard you mention that before. And I think other men might go through that process when they, when they start this kind of thing. So I'm wondering, you know, what your take on that is. What, what do you think, what was happening? And how can I, how could I work with that if I'm in that point in my process? Sure. So when it comes to things like nocturnal emissions and wet dreams, 
really what's happening in those instances is that the person is not, or the man in this case is not fully grounded and centered in himself in the lower part of his body. And as I was going through my process and I was trying to recapacitate to more and more energy, what I was starting to realize is that I would get wet dreams when I was quite far along the retention path, whether it be day, you know, a month or two, three weeks even. And if I had a particularly stressful day that involved me being up in my mind a lot, running around a lot and not breathing properly and not being grounded in myself. Or if I was on in front of screens, a lot of blue lights very late at night before going to bed, basically anything that kept my, my mind tossing and turning and kept me very, very vacant from kind of the diaphragm down then it would often result in wet dreams because there wasn't the consciousness in that place to actually hold the energy I was not sitting. Because the consciousness was being burnt up through frantic behaviors or through sexual thoughts or through all these different mind-based things. Because as soon as you go to the mind and it starts to tighten up the body, you start to lose consciousness. And the higher you go up energetically in your cultivation, the more consciousness it takes to stay and continue to vibrate at that level. Mm. So that was one of the big things that I was noticing in that process. Yeah. And you're talking about how intimately connected the mind and body is. And I think if, if I look back at the times that that happened to me, I would, that really resonates this idea that I was distracted or pulled into the mind not kind of holding consciousness in that place, not breathing normally. And then that makes it harder for the body to hold the energy. So this, there's this really dynamic interplay happening is what you're describing between the mind, the body and the energy. I know it's, it's all, it's all really energy in different ways. We're connecting with it, managing it, expressing it. And, but, but the, the role of the mind in this process is, is so interesting. I, I love the way you talk about the mind. I've heard in some of your videos that you know, you've described the mind as kind of like a drunk baby that doesn't know where it is, you know, that's totally lost. And, and these hilarious metaphors that totally resonate with me because I've spent so much of my time disconnecting from all of the disturbed thoughts going through my mind, all of the, you know, judgment, expectation, you know, all these things that uh, were pulling me out of myself, you know, coming from the hurt parts of myself that I had yet to see. And so there's that aspect of the mind that there's so much going on with the mind that we can't really, you know, it, it's listening to it doesn't really help us. But then there's this idea of, of really noticing it and getting it on board with our, with our spiritual development and getting it on board with the, the process of, you know, getting into our body and maybe getting it on board with new practices like semen retention. So do you have any tips about, you know, how to work with this? this mind that we have in a way to put it in service as you're into this mind body connection you're talking about. We need to develop a, a pocket of space that exists between 
your consciousness and your beingness and then the behaviors of your mind. That is really primary. So you can almost stand back and see the mind. And it's like you stand back and you open a dirty room that you haven't cleaned in 25 years. You can kind of stand back and see the gravity of, of what's actually going on rather just than just being caught up in one box in the corner of that room. So being able to step back and just observe how the mind functions and also, you know, hold on to your humility in a sense that you really see how the mind has been controlling you and you become aware of all the different ways that the mind maybe pulls you out of presence. And you never want to take that too seriously either. You never want to beat yourself up for that. But creating a gap, creating some distance in between it. And then also using your relating with the mind in a way that you can start to clarify everything that's going on in the mind. So all the things that are driving you crazy or all the conditioning, all the things that have been put in you that have nothing to do with you. Again, it's similar to going through all those trash containers in that room that you haven't been in in 20 or 30 years. Literally sorting through everything, picking it up, looking at it, examining it, seeing if it's something you want to keep or something you want to throw away. And the more you can start to clarify all this madness that your mind starts to spit forward in a very incongruent manner and in a very disorganized and irrational manner, once you have that space to look at it, what it's bringing up, and then see it and decide whether it's real or not real, you will assist the mind in doing what it needs to do, which is purge. The mind is only a problem if you take it seriously. Hmm. And when you take the most ridiculous things seriously that comes up from the mind, that's when you get more and more crazy. That's when your life becomes more and more deeply rooted in a state of suffering that has no basis in reality. So really not taking the mind seriously when it's in this state. Allow yourself to laugh at the intoxication of the mind. You know, you've got to see the humorous side because if you don't, it will, it will pull you down with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, it does. When you get that space, you know, it's, you're, in a, you're in a situation and you're, you're feeling fear about it. You're thinking all the ways it could go wrong. You get through that situation and you're, and you're, just, you're just like, how was I so far off of what was actually going to happen? You know, how was I so far off of what the situation really was in the mind that it does become you know, quite hilarious to see how everything the mind is looking for, everything the mind is trying to protect us from is just, it's like it's, it's just made up itself by the mind. Mm-hmm. So, so I like this. Uh, I like what you, you know, bringing the, the mind and the body together. So this space you're talking about to take a step back, maybe get some humor and notice what the mind is doing, sort through that trash. Is that how you use meditation? Is that, you know, meditation kind of one clear answer to start a practice to help get that space? I would say have your day be meditation, obviously, not just 10 or 20 minutes. You've got to live in that state of awareness and consciousness and always keeping check of what you're actually following, whether it's your intuition, your felt sense, your spirit, or whether it's your mind and the stuff that it's pouring out at you. 
And then deciphering what is your mind and what is your intention or what is your intuition? Because at the beginning, it's so muddled for people mm. that at the beginning, you're just going to have to trust and take some leaps. So you can really start to see the difference of, oh, okay, that was my mind. And I just realized why based on what happened in that situation. But you have to risk your current state of being in order to figure it out. You can't do everything and take every step perfectly. This is what gets people so jammed up is they want to do everything perfectly in the right way. And when you're so intoxicated by the mind, that's not possible at the beginning because the mind will always be winning first. Mm. But the more you can have courage and, and really, as I said, turn and face and allow what the mind brings up without trying to fix it or run away from it because people are afraid of their thoughts. And that's a recipe for disaster when you become afraid of something that is inherently a part of you. So you got to learn how to be with it and work with it. But in order to do that, you got to give it the opportunity to really come forth within your awareness. So I don't mean just letting it drag you around unconsciously. I mean being aware and still allowing it be there so you can see all the ways that it's creating your suffering. It's essential to a person's development and to a person's waking up yeah this, this idea of seeing the way it's causing your suffering going through your whole day as a meditation this goes hand in hand with the with something like semen retention right because i've heard you talk about how semen retention increases the amount of energy over time that we can hold in our bodies. And as that energy, we become more full with our sexual energy, life force energy, these uh, parts of us that we aren't willing to see, these parts of us that we're trying to avoid, that we haven't felt, they will start to come up and they will bubble up. So when you're, when you're talking about this kind of mind trash and the, uh, these thoughts that we're afraid of, are you, are, are those the same thing for you as these, hurt painful parts that bubble up when we start to hold more energy are that is that kind of the are those the same thing they all align with one another perfectly because of the mind body connection if someone walks up to me and they're all stiff in their body and they're all shut down that immediately tells me that they're stiff and shut down in their mind hmm. So as you're going through this clarification process with your mind, or even if you come to it from the body first, really it doesn't matter because you need to be able to allow yourself to see and experience both sides of this connection as it's happening. But you can come to it which, whichever way you prefer. The body is always better because it's more based in reality where the mind will just take you into other stories and you know, you'll get caught up in that and you'll forget where you are. Yeah. But it comes up in the mind, but you let it go through the body. Because once the mind triggers a thought or a memory or some form of fantasy that you have allowed exist in you or has been put in you, somewhere in the body, the thought is only a problem, not because of the thought. The thought is a problem because of how it impacts your vibratory rate in your physical body. It makes you feel a certain way when you think about this thing and now your body starts to lock up around it. 
that's why I I have very little um I place very little importance on things like like psychoanalysis and psychiatry and things like this. I have worked with so many people who have been deeply through levels of trauma that I wouldn't wish upon anybody in their life. And they have spent anywhere from two to 10, 15 years I had a claim come to me. 15 years they had been going to, to the psychoanalysis, to a psychologist and psychiatry. And all it was doing was strengthening the, the attachment to these problems in the mind and body. And as they were talking about it, it was tricking them because they think they were thinking they're getting better, but the body was in no way being healed. And then an energy session, instantly it all comes up out of the body and the body lets it go. And even if the thought comes into the mind after that, there is no petrol, there's no fuel, there's no gas in the body for it anymore. Because that place of blockage has been let go of. So now there's no charge behind the thought. So the thought just dissolves. It goes away on its own accord. That's the power of the body. And that's where we really need to to put our focus into. Yeah, that's great. I love that you mentioned that. I, I can really validate that in my own experience. You know, for anyone listening, I've had that experience where... I've just felt the sensations in my body. I've kind of surrendered to that emotion, just let it go through my body. You know, there's shaking, there's crying, there's things like this. And then once it moves through, my thoughts are somehow automatically different. My thoughts are, uh, I've, it's, there's been a change and the work has been done with the body. You know, this is, this is what I try to help people understand this practice, call it emotional surrender, you know, and, and you, you talk a lot about, this, you know, putting your hands on your body, being really loving and compassionate with your body. I, I listened to you say how, you know, crying, we, we grow up learning that, you know, men don't cry. Crying is, you know, don't be a pussy. And you, you had this beautiful thing. You said, you know, well, you're being more of a pussy if you run from yourself, you know, and you don't let yourself go into these, these feelings. So the, you know, semen retention, the, meditation and making space for these things to come up, working with the body, you know, putting your hands on your body and, and having that love and compassion for your body, these things you advocate, they really are going to bring up intense feelings in a lot of people, especially if there's intense trauma. But even if there hasn't been intense physical trauma in people's lives, everybody's carrying, right, these knots and these hurt, painful parts of themselves that feel separate, feel unloved, feel not good enough. So, you know, this and that's a difficult thing to start to face, you know. At least in my experience, it was it was quite difficult, you know. And it's taken me some time, some years, to get to a point where I feel like I could handle anything that comes up. But what was it like for you in the beginning? You know, when when these things started coming up for you, you know, I haven't heard you talk a lot about about what that was like. You know, what when these emotions started coming up through you, you know, were were you just Oh, like were you at times did you find it difficult or did you were you taken by them or were was it what was it like in the beginning you know when this really started to when the energy really started to move inside you terrifying mm-hmm. to my ego terrifying to what i assumed health was and yeah in many instances i thought i was dying <laughs> you know, from brutally honest around that situation, the stuff that was coming up out of me for the period of about 
two years was, in a sense, I was dying. I was going through a death of some sort, both, both spiritually and physically, um, in all aspects. So yeah, and and when emotion comes up, we all go through the initial process of trying to figure out how to fix it. But it's actually ne- nothing about that. So I, you know, I'm no different to anybody here. I, I had to go through all the confusion and all the fear and all the terror and trepidation and the confusion and wondering, am I doing it right? And will it ever be over? And always looking for a different state of being, which as I became more conscious and would hold more energy, I would start to see these little rays of light that were letting me know, why am I running from anything? Mm. What's wrong with the way everything is right now? And then I had to come to terms with the fact that this fairy tale that I had in my consciousness about how life should be when everything is good, I realized that that's not real. And life is, in fact, terrifying. She is gigantic. She rolls deep. And like nature, everything is always in a state of constant shifting. And I think to really be here happy, to really be here content in a very consistent way, it's learning to bring yourself to a place where you can move with nature courageously, where you stop trying to change it or do stuff to it in order to fulfill what you think you need to be happy. And instead allow nature to just look after you and realizing that whatever comes up is what's intended for you. It's what's intended for life. How do you know that? Because that is exactly what is happening right now. And this is where things like social media and look what I have and look what I can do and look what I've achieved and having all these individual advertisements kind of just that is what social media is. Having this in front of everyone right now is really fueling this whole inability to let go of all of this. And just to come back to the simplicity of what divinity really is about, what happiness really is. Because as long as that happiness is something external, it's the person will never be happy. And I see it every day when people come to me for the work that I do. They're, they're always fighting with what is. Even in the energy sessions, they're just wrestling with themselves, fighting with what's coming up in them because, oh, I want a different experience. <laughs> it's like, Chris, I want a different experience. I want all the bliss and the orgasmicness right now. It's like, well, clearly that's not what's here for you right now because you've got to let go of all of this trauma, all of this pain, all of this fear, and then bliss, orgasmicness, all that will come on its own. But we get so stuck in what we want that we start to shut down in a way that we refuse to receive what it is that we actually need from life. And that's the big epidemic. The fact that we think we know better than life. Oh man, this is resonating with me so much. And it's all of this, you know, all of the, all of the work you do, it's in, it's in the name of this, right? The name of really stepping into full aliveness and enjoyment and happiness in life. Right. And, and so this, 
so go, doing these disciplines, you know, if you call it a discipline, you know, just doing these practices to cultivate your energy, like the semen retention and, you know, putting your hands on yourself and feeling your feeling what's going on in you. And the, I know you advocate Qigong as well, which I started practicing because of you and this, and this uh, working with the mind and then letting it be whatever is here, feeling that that's life's intelligence talking to you that that's what's intended for you in this moment. All of this is in service of us stepping into our magnificence, as you put it, right? This is the, this is the kind of the, the purpose of this for you. Is that right? That's the purpose behind every single thing that I do is, is to restore more divinity, to have more of God present on this planet. Oh, and I do that through individual people or through groups. So, because once you bring a person back to themselves, you bring a person back to God. You bring a person back to divinity. So I don't really care about that specific person's identity, so to speak. All I care is about seeing God recognized within them. Because then God is here more. <laughs> and you can call it whatever you want. You can call it source, or you can call it, because um, I don't mean God in the religious sense. You can call it life force energy, spirit you know, whatever a person wants to deem it. But when I bring someone back to themselves in that moment, I see that magnificence starting to beam out of them. And then I'm like, okay, job done next. <laughs> I, I love, I love the way you're talking. You're giving me chills. I love your work so much. Thank you. And I, and I really, I really think, um, you know, I, I can resonate with this going through this feeling like you're going to, you're going to die or parts of you are dying or parts of you wanting to die as you go through this, uh, reconnection with yourself process. And so for anyone, you know, out there listening, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about that because, uh, it's, I want them to feel like, you know what, it's okay. It's okay. If you feel that real depth of kind of hopelessness and despair, you know, for example, that I went through, because on the other side of it, there is this, this, these things that Chris is talking about, you know, and I've gotten just a tiny taste of it and I'm looking for more. Madness so, needs today in, in order for someone to let go of all the baggage and all that poisoning and all that untruth, the person, all of that stuff in them needs to be brought to the surface and killed and you kill it by feeling it. Because as soon as you bring yourself to meet it, you bring divinity to it, and divinity is what burns it up. Mm. But that's why the support and the process of doing this with someone else is, can be deeply, deeply important, and it offers much more safety in the process. I'll do a session with someone energetically, and because of the power behind the session, their whole life can start falling apart. <laughs> Mm. And immediately they're contacting me going, Chris, what the fuck is happening? What's, what's everything is changing. And it's like, exactly. <laughs> but the reason that I'm there then is because you have to be there in support of that person. So they don't do something silly. Um, and that's why I really do feel that there's a huge power in that type of support, but in most support, it's not necessary because it's, it's insane in itself. It really depends on where the support is coming from. But for have, to have someone know that they're not alone as they're going through what they're going through and also to be there to remind someone to not identify with the chaos. So someone could feel like, oh my God, I want to kill myself. This feels so bad. 
but to always be there as a reminder to let them know that you realize that this isn't you, that this is just a part of that ego death that you're experiencing. And even having them laugh at it and say, I know I want to kill myself right now, but I don't want to actually kill myself. <laughs> but that's just what I feel. And I, I don't feel even that is spoke about enough. I'll speak about wanting to kill yourself to groups of people and, and the whole room just tightens up. Mm. And everyone just holds their breath. It's like, oh, you can't talk about that. But why the fuck not? We're human. And every single one of us has had those thoughts move through our existence at one period of, of our lives, if not many more periods. And we need to be not afraid of speaking about things that will actually assist in bringing someone a little nugget of clarity that just might allow them to get space between that thought process. So they don't go and do something uh, intensely unfortunate, such as take their own life from themselves. So we need to speak about everything as innocently and as openly as possible. Same with regards to gender and sexuality and, and all this craziness that's going on at the moment where everyone's so afraid to say anything because on the other side, there's a bunch of people who are ready to, with placards, ready to scream at the other person if they say anything. Yeah. So, you know, especially the men more than anybody, because the women will have it very, they'll have a very difficult time really externalizing their voice and their love if the environment isn't safe to do so. This is why we need men to stand up and stop being so terrified of truth. Stop being so terrified of having an opinion in life about things in life. And rather than pointing and saying, you're right and you're wrong, we need to start having discussions and just communicating from a place of acceptance and innocence and curiosity. Because everyone believes something for some reason. Why? That's what I'm interested in. Because everyone is God. Everyone's divinity here. But we've just taken in lots of different things into our minds. So then we start to lose the connection with that. And people start to look bad. And people on the other side start to look good. And it's, it just becomes messy. Yeah. That comparison that you just mentioned you know, as part of this process of what we notice inside of us and how our, what our mind is trying to do, you know, I will, I gotta be honest, you know, that comparison is, has been difficult for me to shake, you know, and I don't, I don't, I'll just take a moment now because it's coming up to ask you, do you have any suggestions for how to deal with that comparing part of my mind? That's just like, even, even now, even after letting go of so much, the, the mind is still thinking like, Oh, you know, this, this is, that guy is so much better than you. I mean, it happened to me this morning before the podcast, you know, I was like, oh man, you know, Chris, he's so, he's so advanced. You know, I don't know if I could ever, you know, my mind is saying things like, I don't know if I could ever be, be like him. I'm just being totally honest. You know, my mind is, is like kind of putting you on a pedestal mm -hmm. and the, and that comparison has been really, really difficult for me to shake. Don't know if you have any suggestions about that. I guess maybe there's something in my body for me to look for. Maybe I should go into my body based on what you said earlier. But I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. More than anything, what expectations have you put yourself up against? Hmm. Because that's the only way comparisons can come. 
when you place an expectation upon yourself. So you see someone who's, you know, doing something that you think means that they're better or more advanced than you. And then you start to feel less than because of that comparison that you just made, rather than actually seeing the truth of it and realizing we're two totally different people. And my advancement that you feel only comes from the fact that I know myself in, in, in very deep ways. You know yourself in very deep ways. I could look at you knowing yourself and go, wow, he knows himself you know, a lot more than I know him, which is true. But where does that, where does that impact my self-worth versus your self-worth? Again, these are the things I talk about exposing and clarifying sitting down with yourself and actually going through this so you can expose it. How am I more advanced? I mean, in what way? In what way do, am I better than you, supposedly? What way do you feel less than? And why are you trying to get to where I am? Because you don't even know where I am. You see, every time you place the hat on someone else, you disacknowledge your own godliness. Because you stop seeing the, the magnificence in yourself. Thank you. But you got to clarify it for yourself because this is just the, this is the result of being raised on a planet that raises us as such. We are always seeking to be better and never better so far as, as intelligence of life goes, but better in terms of the superficial qualities. Yeah. I could be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I could be totally 50 shades of crazy. And because I've been very convincing and I've talked the talk, someone will then start following me and listening to me and then wanting to, this is what gurus do. You know, this is what cult leaders do. But they're crazy. But to the followers, they seem on the highest pedestal possible. Yeah. So you really need to question all these things in all these different ways. So you, you don't disrespect other people by disacknowledging anything, but it's more about respecting yourself enough to say, look, I have my process. I'm on my process. And where I'm at right now is exactly where I'm supposed to be at right now. And totally surrender and be thankful and be grateful to that. And forget about what everyone else is doing because it's none of your business. Because my intention and what I do is to never stand at the top of the room and have a room of people wanting to be me. That is never what I'm about. And anyone who's been on my retreats will more than definitely know that <laughs> because of how I communicate with them. Or anyone for that matter. I'm not here. I don't want you to be me. Because you'll never be me. And I'll never be you. So I never want to try and be you. It's like, well, you got nice hair, you got a nice beard, 
I like to have those things, but I don't. And I never will. <laughs> so am I going to cry about it or am I going to come back to the fact and realize that, you know what, I was made purposefully. This mm. is purpose. And godliness, source, has put me here. And source doesn't make a mistake. Once you can realize that source does not make mistakes, you can possibly start to surrender to yourself a little bit more and start to say, well, all of this that I'm looking at, I'm feeling in me right now, all of this is a part of, of the godliness. It's a part of the plan. So I got to be so happy with this. And if there's a part of yourself, especially women, if there's a part of yourself that you hate or that you have disgust for, bring yourself to that disgust and feel it and then learn how to love yourself through that. Learn how to love that part of yourself. Because we only start to become hideous looking when we look outside of ourselves at other people and what society says is beautiful or strong or intelligent or tough or cool, or whatever. Because the child never hates themselves. I've never met a child who hates how they look. Mm. And I've seen some, some little babies who look like 50-year-old men. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's a funny-looking baby. <laughs> but that baby's laughing to it. That baby loves itself. It's all about love, because it's all about that divinity. Only when it looks in the mirror and somebody else walks past and points a finger at the child or the person and goes, oh, your nose is weird. It almost <laughs> becomes a shock. Like, what? My, my, I thought it was beautiful. I thought everything was okay. This isn't okay. Same with growing old. People are just trying to go against life. They don't like it. They want to shoot themselves in the faces and the breasts and the ass with everything, no? Hmm. It's like, for what? Just because you look more plastic and more dead in certain areas, it doesn't make you younger. That's a childish desire. That's a childish want. Grow old with grace. Because growing old is beautiful. There's so much wisdom in it. So... There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of different things that that are put here to enslave our consciousness and to disconnect us from life. Because you can't sell anything to somebody who's connected to life. It's very difficult to make money off someone who's happy. Yeah. Well, thank you. That really... I feel like that shot through my body. I really felt that inside, especially when you said, you know, giving a hat to anyone else or somehow com comparing yourself to anyone else is it disavowing your own godliness. I kind of, I kind of felt the betrayal there. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of felt the, I felt this internal sense of, yeah, kind of like a, a betrayal of my own self. And I liked your question a lot. You know, what's the expectations go sit and clarify that what are the expectations that are causing that comparison because you, you put them on you for, or someone, you know, they, they're coming from somewhere. So I thought that was really helpful, you know, and that was right at the beginning of, of what I thought was an amazing explanation of uh, godliness 
here on this, on this planet. And I love how you said before that, just recapping for, for people trying to connect this together. I like how you said before that, that is that divinity, you know, in the form of our awareness and our love that when we bring it to these hurting places inside of us, it burns it up. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually, so this is kind of like a, it seems like there's a very virtuous cycle that can develop like an upward spiral that can develop in the work you're talking about and the work you bring people, you know, there's these practices like, like the meditation that Qigong, uh, working with your sexual energy, and then that div- brings more energy inside of you, which kicks up these things to the surface that you need to look at. But then because you have more energy, you kind of have more of your life force with you. You can then bring that awareness, more awareness and love to those parts and then help them release. And then that goes to the next layer down and more of it comes up, but you have more energy because you release some of those hurts. And so now you can have more awareness and love for those parts. So I'm kind of sensing this upward spiral mm-hmm. potential happening. Is that, are you, do you see it that way too, or am I getting it? Yes, that's exactly it. Everybody is their own healer. Everyone has the capacity to heal themselves. Just at the beginning of their process, that's why someone might come to me for a session because they need to be reconnected. They need to be re-sparked, reignited. But then once that's been done, the person has that connection back so they can start going through their own process now in a way that isn't insane and that isn't based on neurosis. So you're totally correct in, in that way, for sure, that it, it's always it always begins to spiral upwards as a person goes through that process. More energy, more ability to make contact, more energy, more ability to be conscious. And the more of you you can start to bring forward because love is the most powerful energetic frequency that exists here. So when you bring someone back to themselves, a part of that is bringing them back to lovingness within themselves and feeling how beautifully gigantic they are. And when they have an experience that blows their head off their shoulders and they're like, whoa, what did I just experience? All this love is now freshly moving around that person and they can start using that energy to start burning up and clarifying a lot of the things in their life that has been previously holding them hostage. Hmm. And it then starts to snowball. That's why I love the work that I do in a sense that I never need to keep someone hanging on. Um, in terms of a marketer's uh, plan, my work is terrible <laughs> because someone will come to me once or twice um, and that's it. Most people once. It's not really needed once once they go through that experience. And then some people, because it can be quite intense at the beginning and we're at different places in our lives, it needs to be compartmentalized into maybe two or three times in smaller ways. Um, but it's all the same work. And it's all just to bring a person to that place of, ah, okay, I get this now. And they dust themselves off and they stand up and then they take their life back. Ah, that's amazing. So it's very empowering and inspiring, this idea of getting, you're helping someone get on the track to be able to heal themselves and continue on their own path. It's because we are our bodies. So you can read all the books You can have all the coaching sessions with all the people and you can go to all the seminars and all the retreats. But really none of that will ever matter if you're avoiding the 
the 99.9% of what you need to actually be tapping into. And because we are our bodies and because our bodies are feminine and because life is feminine and because feminine for femininity to move, it demands we feel her. So if a person is afraid to feel like everyone is in our society and nobody really wants to go there internally, nobody wants to be uncomfortable and it's all seen as negative, I mean, what does that do? That cuts a person off from life immediately because now they're distancing themselves from the currency of life, which is feeling. So now the person is starved. And they don't know why they're so unhappy and they don't know why they're confused and they don't know why they keep chasing stuff and everything they think they hope will make them happy, they get to it and it doesn't fulfill what they thought it would have because they're never actually going where they must go Mm. because it can be so terrifying and so confronting. Or it can be the opposite and it won't be that intense for some people. (laughs) Yeah, I have found that to be true that uh, along the way, it starts to get a little bit less intense sometimes, although there have been periods of incredible intensity that have happened to me recently. But also there are ways to make this process more fun, like even working with a partner, you know, working with someone like you, but maybe you have a partner that you can work with, like, uh, you know, right now, um, learning a lot about, you know, a lot of the things you've, you've helped me understand have started to come true. You know, as I've been able to hold more sexual energy inside myself, you know, my sexual partner is having different experiences with me, you know, and some of her, uh, some of her emotions and are like kind of coming out, you know, through, through sex. And there seems to be a healing that's happening, you know, for both of us. And, and this, this, uh, that's a much more pleasurable way <laughs> to go about it you know, from my perspective than a lot of the, what I experienced in the past of, you know, just really sitting with my emotions by myself, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you wrote an article, uh, of called the bot, your body is your guru that I think captures a lot of what you're just talking about in a really beautiful way. It really just really resonated with me as, as pure truth and how your, your body is just a mirror of your consciousness in so many ways. And you, by working with the body and going into the body, you're, you're unlocking yourself energetically on, on so many levels. And that that's the real, that your body is, is showing you, you know, everything you, you need. That really, really spoke to me when you wrote that article. Beautiful. Happy to hear it. I don't remember it, but I'm pretty sure it's still on your website. Listeners, if you haven't read it, go read it. Read it. It's, it's awesome. Okay, well, I'll link it in the description of this podcast so they get it. Okay, great, great. And we, there's one, there's one big topic that hopefully we have time for you to speak about a little bit. And because we're talking a lot about surrender and the intelligence of life and accepting, you know, being with what is and not trying to be smarter than life and force it to look like something it isn't, not trying to force ourselves to be something we're not. And instead, stepping into that authenticity that gives us that amazing, juicy, aliveness experience of life and and that surrender is a big part of that surrendering to the you know as you it's feminine it's a feminine energy this feminine energy of of life and and how beautiful and perfect it is and then there's this there's this other in my brain kind of a separate concept which i don't think is separate but my my brain says things to me like well what about the idea of being masculine. I mean, part of this is trying to really be in your authentic, godly masculine. 
And so, but isn't masculine about more, you know, forward motion and uh, focus and, you know, purposeful creation and kind of, you know, making the container that maybe the feminine can fill. I think I've heard you describe it, describe it that way before. So, you know, this, it seems to me, I would love to hear you speak about the, I don't know if it's a balance or a mixing, but how the surrender to what is and, and the feminine flow, you know, how that goes hand in hand with the idea of step, like a sort of a focused, clarified, you know, masculine that can stand in itself. You know, how do those two things work together? Well, in order for a man to develop his femininity and his connection to life, he has no choice because the more of that energy he allows move through him, the more he has to learn how to strengthen his maleness and, and stand strong for her. So many of the ways that a man learns how to be with the feminine or be with a woman is learning internally within himself how to be more within that beautiful, blissful life energy in himself, but without losing himself to it. And the more the man internally grounds down into his male energy, the more he'll experience that woman inside of himself dancing in orgasmicness. So, and I, you know, please ask a question if it's not clear the way I'm, the way I'm saying it. But in order to facilitate, and this is why men are so uncomfortable with women externally, is because their level of capacitation to feminine energy is very small. They get very overwhelmed very quickly by feminine energy. And that's really pointing to the fact that their masculinity is very, very weak. Because in order for the man to really become become a very strong man internally he has to meet all his own fears and insecurities and all his his chaos and his emotional emotionalness inside of himself and go through the process of understanding her and learning her inside of himself and the more the man cleans his internal feminine by expressing and letting the pain go the more his body opens, the more he can naturally start to fall down into his masculinity in a balanced way. Because that's naturally who he has come here to be anyway. Now, I don't know if I've answered your question. <laughs> well, you've, you've spoken to part of it, you know, part of the idea of surrender. And I, I like what you're saying. I've, I've, it's really resonating with me in the times I've heard you say it, that our related, our relationship with the feminine starts with the feminine side of us. And, and that's, that's really helped me a lot and helped me surrender to what's going on inside of me. And I still struggle with this idea of how do I live this surrendered life kind of, you know, in tune with the intelligence of everything that's happened. Feel, but, feel, 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 feel. Because to feel you got to, Surrender. And then how does the that come opposite, The opposite of being in a state of surrender is being in a state of almost tenseness. Where you're, you're refusing to, to allow anything move through you, which means you don't really feel anything. The more we allow ourselves feel, the more of that femininity we allow it. 
the more life energy, life force, sexual energy we allow in, we allow circulate. It's really got to do with allowing. When you feel something big come up and you allow it. And learn how to allow it. But please continue with the question that you were moving into. Okay, well, I think I'm starting to understand because my, my, my question kind of comes from this idea that I have a picture of masculinity that it doesn't look like surrender. You know, I have a picture of masculinity that is, that looks like somehow engaging in forward motion, you know? Yes. But, but, but who's moving him? Who is he allowing to move him? Most men are moving with their ego. Most men are moving for themselves for their own wants and based and motivated on their own insecurities and fear and control and dominance. They move on that. So my invitation to men is, can you move via life? Can you allow life to move you as a man? Can you be down here to do the work that you're doing for life? Can you be here for something greater than yourself? So when a woman feels me be with her and feels the fact that I have become receptive to something much greater than myself, to an energetic frequency so much bigger than just me on the planet. So so there is really no, there is no sort of conflict or opposition between masculinity and, and surrendering. It's, it's, if I'm understanding you, it's like when we, we can step into a greater version of our masculinity, a version of our masculinity that's actually in service when we're willing to surrender more to the intelligence and energy and the flow of life. And they actually go together to enhance each other in, in us, in us being here and how we can be here at a higher level of consciousness that the, that the, yeah, that the masculinity, a surrendered version of masculinity still is moving forward, but it's, it's moving forward in a way that's coming from a, a greater place coming from a higher intelligence. Yeah, am I getting, am I that's getting, ex- that's exactly it. The man who is surrendered is, is intelligent. He moves with intelligence. Hmm. And logistically, I know that this is how you've set up your life. I mean, when we first were first met, you you told me things about how, you know, you don't really plan much. You're very in the flow with what's showing up for you. You know, the things, opportunities come or or people come and you're not trying to go, you know, you're very surrendered. You live from a very surrendered place where you're very open to what's happening. And at the same time, you've built, you know, uh, a kingdom for yourself in a way that matches you authentically as a man. So I really, I really like seeing that. It's a real inspiration to me to see this idea that of that through surrendering, we actually can build what is authentic to us. That that's a, that's a concept that my brain has always struggled with, you know, the idea of surrendering and building at the same time, but but you've done it. I I mean, I'm I'm looking at it, you know, am am I, am I getting it? Perfectly. That's, that's exactly it. So much of the work that people do in their lives is totally unnecessary. (laughs) Totally unnecessary. I'm a sloth. (laughs) But, you know, I have a very busy, um, successful, 
I don't even want to call it a business, but that. And it never comes from a place of doing anything when I don't want to do it. It never comes from a place of me having to push myself to do something when I don't want to do things. Everything that I do in my life is on my own terms. Every single step that I take in my life is on my own terms. And unfortunately, most men out here are slaves to other men in their lives. And it's no posture for a man. And I get that when I say something like that, a man's going to go, well, I have all these other responsibilities, so what the fuck am I supposed to do? Quit my job? Don't sulk at me. <laughs> you know, Don't bring those tears over here because that's your doing. One of the biggest things is that men have been so disempowered that, that we almost allow ourselves just to be put in these positions. So you did that. You allowed yourself to be put there. You made your bed and now you sleep in it. If you want to make a different bed, go and do it, but don't sulk about it. You can feel terrified and fearful and sad and all those things about your situation. And it's good. You need to. You must feel your way through the reality of where you're at. But don't be and don't do it in a way where you just throw your toys out of the pram. If you want to change something, get up and change it. Do something about it, but do it from a place of you being totally receptive and totally in contact with your spirit, with your nature, with who you are. Because that's life moving through you. That's where you got to make your decisions. And then I'll hear, oh, but Chris, I don't know how to. How do I do it? Tell me. <laughs> no. Go fucking figure it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> For a man, it's a deep process. We've been feminized so deeply. The man moves into his maleness by claiming full responsibility for his own existence. Says, okay, I'm here and life is here to support me for the reason that I'm here. So now I got to figure out how to move with it. But so many men just complain and sulk and moan and self-pity. This will be the downfall of the community. You are so much bigger than that. And he needs to realize that. So when a man comes to me for a session, as I'm sure you know and you've experienced, that's the communication. That's what needs to be discussed in many, many different ways. So the energy shifts in the man, so then he can go out and start doing his life in a, in a different way. Whereas women, they'll need to go through an energetic experience in a different way to, to really take on transformation. But that's just because of the polarities. We function differently. But the man needs to start taking responsibility. He needs to stop allowing himself be a slave. And some men are totally okay to just it's okay, you know, I got my house and I got my job and I got the family and I do my life this way and I'm not very happy, but I have my beer with my friends every Saturday. And, and that's what he wants to just continue doing because if he was to open Pandora's box of reality, it, it would really interfere with everything that he's, that he's doing. And that's totally fine as well. I'm not here to judge anyone who wants to be like that in their life. But sit down and, you know, move out of the way. 
and, and stop pulling down men who are attempting to do something here. That's what I would say. Hmm. I remember when I came to you for a session, I actually requested, you know, energy work. And, uh, you know, what you told me was that you weren't really, you were taking a different approach with men. You weren't going to really doing the energy work with men at the moment. And, and at first I was like, Oh, you know, like, uh, man, but we had that session and, you know, cause my brain was wanted one thing. Right. But we had that session and, and you shared some of this with me and, and I've really tried to take it to heart and go investigate and figure it out myself. And I, I just want to say, I really appreciate that you pushed me to do that, you know, because there's like a, there's like a, that experiential opening, you know, it can't, it, I don't think it can be substituted for someone doing it for you. You know, I don't think that really helps people. That wouldn't have helped me. You know, what's helped me more is what you did, which is, is like, I'm going to point you in a direction. I'm going to share with you some of the things about the way I am. I'm going to share with you some of the things that I see, but I'm going to point you in a direction to go investigate that and figure that out. And that really in doing that, you know, that's what helped me. You know? Yes, because that's what the man needs. Hmm. Because if I laid you down and made love to you, <laughs> that's not going to be of any benefit to you. You see, what women need is something very different. Um, because she is by default more receptive. So, so much of her trauma and her pain has come from that, from that place in her, from her place of functioning. So that really needs to be met and transformed in an experience with her. And also her natural embodiment is love. And when the woman has never been actually made love to by a man in her life, then that, that is why in many cases she's very, very unfulfilled and neurotic and just doesn't feel healthy or happy. It, it, the answer is almost very simple in most cases. And also what I want to mention is that Yes, I said to you that, you know, I'm not going to have an energy work session with you, but the communication is energy work anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm still doing energy work. I'm still bringing specific frequencies and vibratory rates in order to, to engage with your body and your own field in a way that will open up the parts of you that need to open as a man. Yeah. I felt that in our session. I feel that now talking to you. I felt that during this call. So I know that that is very real. I'm a full, full believer in the energetic underlying nature of reality. And I think the way you bring that to people and the way you help them start to experience that is, is really amazing, you know, especially through an avenue that is so, so intriguing and opening to people, you know, sexual energy and talking about the masculine and feminine polarity. So you, you've, I imagine have helped so many people open up to this understanding of, uh, of how everything is energy. And I, and I know I've experienced it directly in your presence. So it's, it's for real. Thank you for sharing and mirroring that back. But there's so many more people to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. we, we need, we really need to, we really need to be here for, for that reasoning. Well, you are, uh, and you're here in a huge way, and that's why I follow you. That's why I'm always interested to hear the next thing you're putting out there and getting your perspective. You've helped me so much in the short time that I've known you and, and uh, had a chance to, to work with you. So thank you so much once again for all this that you're doing, and it was an absolute pleasure to be able to interview you and go a little bit deeper in some of these aspects that resonate for me. And I hope that we 
shared some things today that give other other men and even women, you know, some of that courage to go and do the investigation inside themselves and start letting the stuff out because uh, everything Chris says so far for me has been true. This unlocking, finding the joy in the other side of these internal traumas, working with the body, feeling more of that bliss and orgasmic energy. It's just been uh, it's just been a joy to come in contact with those things. So thanks so much, Chris, for sharing all this with us and especially your time with me today. You're so, so welcome. And um, I'm really grateful for you coming on and <clears throat> holding such a, a great interview. Um, you're very good at it. <laughs> oh, thank so you. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and for sure, there's definitely going to be a lot of value in this in this episode for people. So yeah, thank you so much. Great. Thank you. You're welcome, David. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Talk soon. Bye.